Episode 8 of the Austin Rugby Podcast. It's another exciting week in Austin, Texas for all things rugby. On this week's episode, we got round two, Blacks, Huns. Going to talk to some of the old boys to cover some of the ins and outs of what it's been like to be a part of the rivalry of the Huns and the Blacks over the past couple of decades really so that's really exciting we're going to cover the Gilgronies match against old glory preview what's coming up this weekend in the texas cup against houston lots of exciting things going on so i want to jump right into it and get to our first interview with two stalwarts of rugby in austin texas hope you guys enjoy well as we know it's a Exciting week in Austin, Texas for rugby. This is round two of the Austin Derby. Black versus blue, Huns versus blacks. And what better way to talk about the storied history between these two and kind of the exciting times the past couple of years and definitely the exciting time this year is to bring back on the podcast one more time, uh, covering the Huns, Bill Overton. And then we'll also bring on Bill Towdy with the Austin black. So Bill Overton, the, the, the battle of the bills is kind of what the, I got to call this one real quick. So Overton, how's it going? Having a good day, Dustin. It's always good to be in Austin. Flew in earlier today. So, so, so you're here for the big weekend, lots of exciting times. It's been kind of exciting for the Huns the past couple of weeks, uh, weekend off last weekend for everybody, but, uh, but, but good to have some rugby coming up again this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it was good for us to have a week off. You know, the the, the season's a grind. I'm sure it's the same with uh, Dynamo over uh, on the Blacks. You know, you play a number of games and guys get dinged up. It's good to have a, a week off to heal up and, and get prepared for, for some really big games this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And, and kind of leading to that, uh, Dynamo, I believe that is your, your nickname there, Mr. Towdy. Is that correct, sir? Yeah, that's my moniker. <laughs> and that, that's going on everything that you do, right? That's <laughs> on your business cards and everything. Oh, not these days, but used to, used to, used to hang pretty heavy over top of me. Yeah. Well, so, back in, back in the day, that was a well-deserved nickname. Uh, <laughs> Bill was a, a Western rugby union level prop and an A&M um, star. And so that was a well-earned nickname. <laughs> Well, that's good. So, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we talked with Bill Overton about, you know, his his involvement with the Huns. Bill, Taddy, if you wouldn't mind, you know, Dynamo, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about what what's your role with the Blacks? Who are you? How did you get into rugby a little bit? And then and then we'll get in right into the good stuff. Yeah, we don't have enough time for all of that, probably. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm the uh, I'm chairman of the board of the Austin Blacks uh, currently I have been for the past, I don't know, several years. And, uh, so I, I kind of run the, the day-to-day stuff, uh, in my spare time, uh, along with uh, running a business, uh, on the <laughs> side. And, uh, and, and so we, uh, you know, we've got three fields out there. We rent fields out. We, we, uh, have all kinds of events out there. We're hosting the Red River and TRU championships. Uh, this this year in April, uh, so we've got a lot of things going on at Burfield all the time, especially during the spring, and uh, so we got a lot of organizing to do with all that. And uh, I just kind of try to round the troops up and keep the 
keep the uh, keep everybody moving in the right direction. That sounds great. That's it's, you know it, it's really exciting when I kind of look at what's going on. You know, you have the Hunsfield, which I believe um, Bill Everton, correct me if I'm wrong, has two or three pitches on there. Stands has all kinds of stuff that's being built up. And again, not too far away is Burfield, where we were at actually out there a couple of weeks ago for you know round one of Huns versus Blacks. And again, what uh, you know, three or four pitches out there, a beautiful facility. You know, as Overton was saying just a minute ago, it it really is. It, it's great to go out there. We were just talking before we jumped on to the to the podcast about you know Australia Day it was a big day for you know the Blacks organization to have high school, college. Um, D3, D2, and D1 matches, and then to cap it all off with, you know, the MLR preseason match against Colorado. So it was a it was a great event overall. Lots of exciting things. And it's been an exciting season for for both teams, uh, both the Huns and the Blacks, and a lot of a lot of positivity coming on there. You know, going into this week, uh, Bill Everton, how how are the how are the Huns looking? Um, you know, what are the things that, that have been positive you've seen in, in from your guys? Well, I also want to mention too, they raise money for charity uh, as oh, well yeah, on Australia Day. So uh, in addition to high school, college, club rugby at three different divisions and professional <laughs> rugby, they raise money for uh, Australia with all the fires and stuff. So hats off to the Blacks for a great day of rugby um, back in January. Yeah. You know, the Huns, we're having a fun season. Um, we... Uh, as you and I talked a few weeks ago, uh, really regrouped after a difficult 2018 season. And uh, our players um, uh, voted to appeal relegation uh, and and stay in Division One, which I think is a real testament to them. And then some of the older guys, like myself, um, said, okay, if we're going to do this, how can we... Um, raise our game off and on the field um, to to recruit better and play better. And we've been really working behind the scenes on our processes and, quite frankly, um, trying to learn from some successful clubs like the Reds and the Blacks and, uh, and, and trying to bring that into success on the field. And, you know, you keep your fingers crossed when you do all these things, when you try to raise the money, when you try to improve your organization, when you try to recruit, you you keep your fingers crossed that it's going to pay dividends. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate this year that it has paid some dividends. I mean, for us to beat the Reds twice is a huge improvement. And, you know, we came up short um, against the blacks a few weeks ago, but I think we played much better. And I think one of the things we're really proud about is that our defense has improved. Um, we've been able to score points in the past, but you know, there's an old saying in rugby that, uh, scrum play and defense wins games and the backs decide perhaps by how much. And, (laughs) Uh, you know, Adam Scheidler has been our coach steady for about three years now. We're, we're, we're comfortable in his pattern. Uh, we've had the same director of rugby, Luis Sanchez, for, you know, two or three years now. Both those guys are former Huns. And and as I said in, in the last podcast, Chris Hansen, who goes by Hansel, 
uh, was our uh, chairman for a couple of years. He's our immediate past chairman, but is still helping out administrative wise. And those three guys have really been the hub organizationally as some resurgence for us. And, you know, we're, uh, we're preparing hard, you know, the blacks are the gold standard in rugby, not just in Texas, but nationally. And, you know, we're going to find out. We're going to find out how we measure up again on Saturday out at Nixon yeah. Light. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and Toddy, you know, you guys have been around since, uh, oh, what, what's, the, I, I had the number here, 60, 1967? 1967, yeah. 67. So, I mean, you've been around for a long time. And as, as Bill was just alluding to, you've had, you know, strong runs of championships, you know, not only in Texas Rugby Union, but the D3 is back-to-back. Division three national championship uh, champions uh, last year. I think what was it? Uh, you sent th- all three teams to, to the final eight of the national championship and two to the national championship itself. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. We uh, we came runner up in Division one, and uh, I guess a tie for sevens is what they call it for the at the uh, the uh, quarterfinals, semifinals for USA Rugby in and, Division and two. And what's it been like to to kind of build? You know, a lot of times we talked about it and Bill Overton and I talked about, you know, the team that won kind of the national championship with the Huns and the battle that's been kind of going on. And, you know, and I know that uh, Bill Overton had alluded to it on the last podcast. It's been it's been a slow progress to build back up almost, you know, saying again, like you just said, Bill, being relegated to to see the Huns kind of come back this year and and really build, you know, another strong side to be competitive, not only in in D1 and D2, but D3 as well. And just to really push the level of rugby in Austin up to, to, to the next level, really. Well, we've got uh, three really good coaches that we're work, we've worked with for several years now. Uh, Tony Drisovich, uh, Stevie Swindle have both been with us. Uh, uh, I can't even remember how long that's been that <laughs> long. Uh, and uh, they, they, they do a really good job. They work together very well. They coordinate our, our workout sessions and, 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 you know, the whole, the whole scenario. Uh, you know, Ryan Little has been uh, coaching the D3 for the last couple of years. Uh, that doesn't take a whole lot of coaching. That's more like herding cats there. Uh, <laughs> a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys uh, played in Division One finals back uh, 15 years ago. Uh, so they, they just come out and, uh, have a little run around whenever they need to get to get ready for the for the matches and and then they uh, they just get out there and take over and they've you know just been dominant the last couple of years they haven't been beaten in uh, two over two and a half years now so uh, our D two team has really come on strong uh, we were a little dicey at first uh, now we're Barely on top of the table, but uh, thanks to the Huns beating Fort Worth last weekend, uh, <laughs> weekend, weekend before, uh, we were glad to see that. So we know we've got a big match uh, in D2 for certain uh, against those guys. We have had the last probably two or three years. Their D2 has been uh, the, the strongest match we have every year, uh, both times. Uh, the D1 match was a lot better last time. They defended a lot better. It was uh, – we went up just a little bit before halftime, and they came back and tied it. And at 60 minutes, I think we were all tied. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we just – we broke broke loose finally and scored a couple tries to to uh, to bring the bring the win home last time. 
So we know we know we're not you know playing against Powder Puffs this weekend. So it, it, it should be a good game. Uh, all three of them should be good games. Uh, obviously, we feel like we we we're going to win because that's <laughs> that's what we try to do. Uh, so that's the mindset for everybody. Right? That's the mindset for everybody <laughs> where we are. You know, we're going after we're going after three championships, and we want to send all three teams to the nationals this year. That's our goal. That's been our goal the last couple of years come up a little bit short, but you know, we, we, we get pretty far along the road and do, do the best we can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, so what I'm always curious about is you, know, you guys play, did you, did you play both play against each other or did you guys play at separate times? We played at the same time uh, back in that day, though the Huns were playing more in the D2 uh, we didn't play that many times against each other. I played probably more times with Bill <laughs> on the right. Texas Flex side than I did against against him. him. <laughs> yeah, that's my recollection too. When did you start at A and M? I started at A and M uh, seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah, so you and I then played against each other, uh, and this is what I remember too. The Huns were in D one in the late seventies. Right. And so we played against each other home and away back then, uh, A&M and the Huns. And you probably started playing for the Texas side, I would guess, in 79. Yeah. Um, something like that. I was on Texas in 79, and we did play together then. Um, and then I'm sure we played together on the Texas side in the eighties. The Huns did drop down to D two. It was open division then. Um, uh, and we'd play friendlies. They weren't really very friendly. We'd play friendlies <laughs> against the blacks back when Burfield just opened and it really deserved its name, uh, where you, you'd go home and have to pull stickers out of your body for a few days um, when it first opened, but you know, those were the good old days. I mean, I, I meant what I said a little bit earlier, you know, the, the blacks have been the gold standard, uh, in Texas and, and probably nationally for pretty much their, their whole history. I mean, there'd be times that the reds up in Dallas or, or the Quins when they brought in Nas Botha in the early eighties would be really good for a little bit. And maybe the heathens in Houston, would be really good for a little bit, but you know, the blacks have always been there. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the blacks may have been the very first club in the United States to own their own land. That's correct. So, we're, we're the first, well, we were the first team to own our own land and, and have a club, our own clubhouse. I'm not sure. Yeah. Something like that. Wow. These are things that are really important. And, you know, to see, um, that Austin rugby right now is doing so well. I mean, to beat the Reds twice, you can make an argument out of the 30-something. There's like 34, I think, D1 teams now in the United States. The Blacks are clearly in the top one or two, having been to the finals a number of times. You know, you can make an argument the Huns are in the top 10. And to have two clubs at that level out of Austin – is is really a testament to what's going on in Austin rugby right now. Yeah, Tadi, do you feel like kind of the same the same way about kind of the the growth of of rugby in general in Austin, and not just the growth, but the quality of play in town? 
Yeah, the quality of players has definitely gone up this this, this year. Uh, you know, it was a little disappointing last year. Uh, they had a little. They, you know, after they broke up with the professional team over there, they they had a, a big a big fallback, and uh, now they they've they've gotten back on track. And I think it's uh, you know, we were really glad to see that they stayed up. Uh, and that they decided, you know, they made a decision. What they wanted to do was they wanted to get better. They didn't want to be the team that was a social team anymore. They wanted to be a rugby team. And that's that's good for us. We need more competitive matches than we've gotten in the past uh, 10 years in our in our league. Uh, we need to, you know, besides the Reds, we need to play more matches where it's hard for us to win. That's what's going to get us to the final that's what it's going to get us, you know, on top in D1. Um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed it or realized it. Whenever the Rugby World Cup was playing, uh, NBC also did uh, a little series about about rugby, yeah, like a six-part series. And uh, Austin, Austin in, in uh, our, our facility – uh, made it into one of those, one of those uh, kind of like uh, one of like short videos or, or yeah, short, they're like uh, short videos. Yeah, uh, made, made it into one of the episodes there where they were talking about you know the, how how far the rugby's come in in the United States, where it's you know they, of course they called us the back roads, but you know <laughs> we'll take what we can get. We'll take what we can get. You know they showed the, the, the back roads of, of, of the metropolis of Austin, Texas. Yeah, they showed some old podunk barbecue place over in East Austin or something <laughs> like you know like we're out in the boondocks where we used to be out in the boondocks. We really did. We're not anymore. We're almost yeah. on right, right on one eighty three now. So yeah, well, that's uh, a, for, for people listening to the podcast. You know, the the clubhouse and the location for both fields is you know pretty much. Uh, we're probably about three miles from downtown because because I'm downtown. It takes me about ten minutes to get out to both of the fields. But you guys are about three miles away, maybe two miles away from uh, from each other as the crow flies as far as your pitches go. But it is definitely not in the boondocks. If, so whatever they're trying to say, uh, yeah, you got to go down some dirt roads. But um, most most rugby fields in in the u.s uh you know if you're driving down the dirt road and i think nudo donald said this when he was on the podcast earlier this year if you're driving down a dirt road and it looks like you may get murdered somewhere you're pretty close to a rugby pitch yeah well we we cleaned up the road a little bit <laughs> it, it used to have a lot of that look we actually we've actually uh rented that out to uh, film people they've they put it into uh, movies <laughs> one of those oh, really? things. Yeah. I, I hadn't been out there in a long time bill um, yeah. And I was very, very impressed in in every way. I mean, the place, the, the fields were great. The the clubhouse was great. The little gazebo and your barbecue area. The, everything was clean. The parking um, area was very first rate and first class. I mean, y'all did a good job developing that place. And, you know, rugby needs more of that. It just, it just does. Rugby's important. And, you know, of course we compete and – you get a little bit ornery on the field during the games, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all stewards of this game of rugby. And um, like I said earlier, we've tried to emulate what the bigger clubs and the more successful clubs from a win loss standpoint at the D one level and, and field in three teams, we've tried to emulate what y'all do. And, and, 
And, you know, I, I think it's important. I think it's really important. What your D3 team does week in and week out is, is, is amazing. I mean, the rugby IQ, it's almost not fair. I mean, the rugby IQ on that team compared to a lot of the startup teams that, that, that are in D3, y'all are just a, a, a notch and a half above everybody else. It's, an, it's really remarkable. Yeah, well, our, our problem is when we get into the playoffs, we're not playing uh, second and third sides. We're playing the first side from Long Island, the first side from uh, Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, for sure. And so it's uh, the same thing for D2. That's why D2 really struggles because all of a sudden they're playing against the, you know, the, the first side of some teams that are, you know, that, you know, would probably be D1 if they weren't in the location where they didn't have any other D1 teams to play. <laughs> or, or I think some of these clubs, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, if you think differently, I think some of these clubs just don't want or can't make the financial or the training commitment to play at the D1 level too. It's a big commitment. And so right. they are D1 level squads in a lot of ways, and I bet, I bet it's a challenge for your D2 team to go up against them. I almost wonder sometimes if that's not regulated enough. I mean, I don't want too much government involvement in rugby, but, <laughs> but yes, I've noticed that before too, that some of these D2 and D3 teams just seem um, uh, stacked, for lack of a better word, for the divisions they're in. Well, we we got we got uh, we got called it called out that we were stacking our D three side last year. And I said, how can we possibly stack our D three side when we had three teams in the playoffs? <laughs> it's you know, there's there's no way to do that. And, yeah, and I, I agree with you, Bill. But guys just don't like getting beat. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> one hundred and twelve to nothing. I mean, right. yeah, of course they're they're going to bellyache a little bit. Yeah, I, I was I was looking at the points points for versus points against. So uh, <laughs> looking at the D three there earlier, I'm going, oh my. <laughs> yeah, it's like the like the you know New England and 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 Brady and uh, you know that whole thing. You know, people hating winners. So you know, if if you look at how your D three team plays, granted, they're still strong players and good athletes, but that's not how they win. They win by moving the ball around and playing together because of their rugby IQ level and because they've played together so much. I mean, it really, they, they play rugby the right way. And, and, um, you know, for us, uh, it, it's a high standard. It's a high standard to see. And, and I bet you get some criticism, but like you said, you've got to, a strong D2 team that's your development team for, for your D1 side. And then you got these guys that are loyal to your club that still want to come out and, and want to hang around. You know, what do you have? 90 players, 80 players. Uh, we've got over a hundred SIP. Uh, I don't know how many we have come out to practice regularly all the time, <laughs> but you know, so it depends week to week, you know, tonight there'll be, a ton of people out there. I was, I was going to yeah, say, I, uh, they will. <laughs> I bet for b b both sides, it seems as they all start crawling out of the woodwork when it comes into those, uh, the big rivalry weeks. Uh, yeah, well, I, know, <laughs> I know that training tonight for we've sure. We've got a hundred and something guys sip too. And right. I think we've had 90 guys suit up this year. And, you know, my attitude about it is that if you're 
club can field three full sides. And I look at your rosters, you you know, you're going one through 23 with, with different names pretty much every weekend on all three sides. I think that's something that should be celebrated. And so, you know, that's what we're trying to do too. I mean, it's us, you guys and the Reds are the only teams in Texas that field three sides. Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah, the Quinns only field one side now. They, yeah. They're 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 possibly going to be looking for a relegation this year. I don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. Well, let's kind of let, let, I, I kind of want to jump into it and actually, you know, talk about some of the matches and you know, some of the games this weekend. Obviously, you know, again, I think both teams, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think only uh Taddy, I think only one of your guys, one of your teams played last weekend, was that right? Was it the uh, D3 side play last weekend? Uh, I was out of town, but I believe D three played last weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, actually, no, no. Actually, last weekend it looked like uh, uh, it might have been off. No, uh, the Huns. Uh, sorry, Huns D three played last weekend. My fault. No, no, no. Uh, we were. Everybody was off. Was it? Yeah, oh, that's, that right. Was the- that's right. That's right. Everybody in D three got a bye weekend that week. So that that's correct. So <laughs> sorry about that. That's me doing looking at looking at wrong stuff and doing bad research there. So, <laughs> so D three side, both teams get the break um, coming into the week. You know the Blacks are nine and zero with forty five points, but second place at at seven and two with one of their losses coming to the Blacks is, is the D three side. You know what's it mean right now? Um, you know, uh, Tidy, we'll start with you. Kind of again going into a match, the last match. You know, it, it was a big big win for for the Blacks. You know, at, at 50, 53 nothing, I believe. Um, but still, you know, I, I was there watching it. It, it wasn't like it was um, uh, a a weak side for the Huns because they were definitely playing well. You know, to start off the match, but I think just the the pace and the and the cohesion of the the black side did well in that D three match. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this in this match against the Huns this week? Uh, you know, I'm, I haven't even looked at the rosters yet, but uh, I'm I'm guessing we're going to you know pretty much play the same thing we did that we've been playing. You know, we we have some pretty strong forwards, but uh, we generally have a pretty good back line that that moves the ball around a little bit and gets you know gets it out wide. And you know, on the D three side, if you can move the ball wide enough, you can run them into the ground after a while, and they just you know, uh, typical D three sides are not as fit as a D2 or a D1 side. That's just uh, part, of, part of life. And so uh, <laughs> if, the, the more we run them around, the better chance we have of breaking through the defense. And so I, I think that's, that, that's probably what's going to happen out there. Yeah. And, and so in Overton kind of, you know, for you with the reverse, what is, uh, what's the D3 side coming, coming into this game looking forward? I mean, obviously to, you know, bring a better showing, but you know, what would, what do you think that they're going to be looking to do for this match? Well, I, uh, like Bill have not seen, uh, any of the rosters yet for this sure. week. I, I, for us, our D three side this year is a real, uh, success story. Uh, we were 500, uh, maybe slightly above 500 last year on the D three side. And we have a lot of brand new players. I mean, literally guys that just, walk out and want to play rugby uh, uh, and start from scratch. We, too, have some old boys uh, that come back. And uh, this is a home game, so I imagine what's going to happen tonight is there's going to be a lot of old boys out there at practice so that if if we need numbers, uh, 
uh, we'll drop some old boys in. I, I think um, uh, this year our D3 side has kind of come together from scratch and has learned to play a pattern. And, you know, we beat McAllen pretty handily at Nixon a few weeks ago, which was a real test for us because McAllen can be a pretty strong side. Um, I, I'm very happy with what they've done. I have no idea what the score's going to be like because to me, uh, the, the Blacks D3 side is, is a class act. Uh, sure. I, I expect them to play great. I expect I expect us to play better, and you know, um, I, I think that that we'll <laughs> no, just have to no, see no what happens. Our, no, yeah, our, it, our yeah. process is better, and yeah. and we're improving, and and we're very we're very proud about that. We've got some really strong guys on that side too, and I expect a, I expect a tighter game. But you know, the blacks are tough. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's important. You know, when you look at kind of how. TRU does the division three um, playoffs, you know, the blacks, you know, if they if they go top seed right now, grand Prairie and the blacks are nine and O and uh, Houston United in the South are they're seven and O. Um, and so those, those are the top three teams. And then it kind of falls into uh, what is it? The, the number three team overall, which right now would be Houston with 35 points um, right after that. You know, you've got Alliance Rugby in the North and, and the Huns are battling for those last two spots and, and who will play each other. I mean, in, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, so it is exciting. And again, it doesn't matter how many points you score. You know, you know, if the Huns squeak out a bonus point or, you know, even, you know, can, can pull off, you know, a, a big, a big, 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 big win. Um, it's it has long long term implications for the rest of the season in D three. So I think it's, we've got three games left. You know, yep. we play the Blacks, uh, we play uh, Alamo City at home in our last game, and and somewhere in between we travel all the way down to McAllen, which is a, a tough road trip. And then you're right there Next in a border, <laughs> right there in a border town. So you have a tough party. Um, but we we've we've got our hands full the rest of the season. I I if I'm looking at, at a bigger picture, if we got two out of three of those with wins, uh, we would consider the end of the season very successful. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I would I definitely agree with you on that one. So moving on to uh, D- Division Two, um, we'll we'll give uh, we'll give Overton a chance to to start off with the Huns. Uh, I mean, Division Two North is an exciting division. Uh, Fort Worth started off undefeated. Uh, did really well. And I think both the blacks and the Huns are the only two to, to knock off Fort Worth. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I, that that's again, Huns are sitting in third at 16 points, Fort Worth four and two, 21 and second and the blacks, um, you know, 23 points at the top. This is a big matchup for everybody. I think you guys already alluded to a little bit, um, you know, again, playoff implication for sure. But, uh, you know, so Overton kind of, what do you, what are you looking forward in, in this match? Well, our guys were were very excited to play uh, the Black second side on Australia Day back in January. Um, you know, we we played well that day, but lost. Um, since then, we absolutely rolled over the Reds uh, at home, fifty something to twenty something. I mean, rolled over the score. The score is kind of deceiving because we actually, I thought beat them more handily than a 30 point win or a 25 point win even indicated. 
Um, and the Fort Worth game, the Fort Worth game was was big for us. Uh, now our challenge, yes, we have some some wins now, and we've helped the table a little bit, but. We haven't taken care of bonus points as well, maybe, as we should have. We're in third, and we probably need some help. Um, but, you know, it's at home. Uh, we played the Blacks tough last time. I don't think there's any reason to think that we can't play them uh, tough again. We'd love to come away with a win, and we've been knocking on that door for a while. But, again, uh you know, we're just going to have to see how our processes and, and all that work out on, on Saturday. But yeah, we're sure. looking for another really good match. Yeah, I mean, last match was 27-23. And, you know, I, th- it, I can close all the way, all the way through. So, you know, Toddy, kind of, you know, from the Blacks' perspective, you know, what are you guys looking at with that tight um, Division Two standings right now? Well, uh, you know, while we're talking here, I'm, I'm looking at the, the rosters they just released, and <laughs> we've got a really, really strong, on us. <laughs> side, really strong side going out in D2. Um, we got a really strong side going out in D3 too, to be to be brutally honest with it. Uh, so I think our I think our D2 side is is going to go out there. They uh, in the last match we played uh, against San Antonio, I think they really started to click a little bit more. And mm-hmm. really finish things off, uh, which has kind of been their the problem. They get the ball down there, work it down there, work it down there, work it down there, and then just don't get it in the in the end goal. And uh, they really finished off a lot of tries against San Antonio, and eventually just you know wore them out. Uh, I can't even remember what the final score was. It was like one of our D three scores. So. Uh, I think we've got a really strong D2 side out there this week. I'm looking forward to a really good match uh, from both sides. But, I, you know, obviously we we hope that we prevail there uh, to hold on to that lead. Uh, then we've got just, uh, I think, two more matches on our, on our schedule. We've got Orc next week and then uh, McAllen Knights uh, yeah, D3. And then uh, our D1 and D2 just have the Reds at home. That's the rest of our season. We're done. Yeah. And, and again, it's uh, I'm, I think it'll be the D2. I'm really excited to see, you know, how close it was last time. Like you said, you know, both teams continue to get better. I think the, uh, the D2 side you were talking about, Bill, was a game against uh, West Houston, I believe, where Blacks yeah. won 70, 73 to 5, I think, is against yeah. West Houston. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely clicking on that one. Um, you know, and then the week before that, you you beat Fort Worth, you know, forty three thirty six. At the same time, that's when the Huns took on West Houston. You know, again, you guys are both putting up big numbers on West Houston, so it's kind of exciting. And both close games against Fort Worth, so it looks those top three. I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be the one to watch and, and the race to watch it in in D two for sure. And then finally, cap it all off, uh, D one. That, that, that's a it's a big one. Like that's it's going to be. I know both teams are going to be putting out. You know. Uh, as you said, really strong squads. Uh, Tati's got a little, little cheat over there. He's already got the <laughs> the rosters out. But uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll start with you, Bill uh, Tati, and just talking about the Blacks. You know, you're undefeated right now. Thirty points. You know, four points clear of the Huns in second. But again, no, <laughs> can't take anything for granted going into this match. No, we certainly won't be taking anything for granted. Uh, we are putting out our strongest side. Uh, this will be as strong a side as we put out all season, I believe. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a good bench. We've got some guys coming back off of injury that are coming up. Uh, you know, we're, 
we 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 really can't put anybody else on the field <laughs> that <laughs> from our from our perspective that's i mean that's all we got we we got a, all all the guns are loaded they're all coming out so yep. uh you know we we're taking it very seriously and uh you know we we need to get through this weekend rest up for a couple of weeks and then we we don't have the reds till the end of uh till the end of march so yeah. we're 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 putting it all out there tomorrow yeah for sure well, Bill Overton, kind of, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this match going to? You know, considering the last match again was so close n- until the very end there. Well, it, I think what Bill mentioned a minute ago about how deep and strong their bench is. Um, if you go back and and look at that game, I think you will see that their bench really lifted them up in something like the sixty fifth minute or something, mm-hmm. and they scored something like three tries in five minutes, eight minutes, something like that. And that broke the match open. And, and we got a try at the very end that, that, you know, made it a 10 point game. And um, so, you know, we've, we've tried to study that game and look at what we did well and look at where we broke down. I mean, the blacks have a really good, um, way of just being patient, not making mistakes and spreading you out. You know, you almost don't even notice it's happening. And then all of a sudden, uh, when they get an opportunity, they strike. And again, there's a lot to learn from that, you know, scrum mm-hmm. and defense win games backs decide by how much. And, and so, you know, we too are fielding a, a strong team this week. Um, the little I know about it, I haven't seen the final lineups yet, but, you know, we're fielding a strong team and we're trying to, you know, stick to our pattern, but also learn, um, from, from that last loss. I mean, to get a couple of bonus points at Burr is, is an accomplishment. D1 and D2 did that. And, and, you know, so we want to build on that, but, you know, you almost have to play a perfect game just, you know, we're taking it like any other game. We're going to play our game and see what happens. But you got to really play well uh, to beat the Blacks. And, you know, uh, I have no idea for sure what's going to happen, but we're putting a good team out too. And and it it's good at this stage of the season to test yourself against the team at the top of the table, which is which is what they are. I think if you told us that near the end of the season with two games to go, we'd be four points uh, behind the blacks with a shot to play him at home. I think we'd be happy with that opportunity and that's where we're at. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess last, last thing to wrap it up. Do you want to give any uh, score predictions of the, uh, the, we'll just go to the D one match that we don't go all, all three of them, but any score predictions of uh, that, that D one match? Oh, I don't. I think <laughs> if I, I think if I say anything, it's going to come out stupid and I'm going to feel bad and look bad. So I just hope I'm glad they're fielding a strong team. I'm glad you are uh, dynamo. I, I I hope both teams play well. I just hope we end up playing just a teeny bit better. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, but obviously uh, we feel like we've got the upper hand uh, just a little bit and we're going to, we're going to take our best side out there with our best backups. And, uh, you know, just play 80 minutes. That, you know, so, that's and gonna Justin, be the- I just want to say, we have a lot of respect for them. You know, 
it, sure. not just not just on the field but off the field and and i think that that that's what rugby's all about and and uh we're testing ourselves against the best i mean these guys went to the national championship last year and were a hair a kick yeah. Yeah. A late kick, if I'm not mistaken, from winning the whole damn thing. Yeah, started on that. Yeah, that's, I, well, I can start my, on that one my, too because it was terrible. <laughs> my point is, my point is, you can make an argument. This was the best team in the country last year, all year long, and and a bad break, which happens in sports. Yep. Um, a bad break away from winning everything. So. Yeah. We're 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 really happy with our season, and we're really happy to go out and and test ourselves against an incredibly good team. And yeah. and after that, we're going to have a, a couple of adult uh, beverages and some barbecue, and and you know celebrate what rugby's all about. Exactly. Well, hey, gentlemen, I always appreciate it. It is really exciting. Um, you know, for those that aren't in the Austin area and can't make it to the game, uh, it's always, if you ever get a chance to get down here for a Huns versus Blacks game, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's a battle on, on the pitch, but it's, uh, it's camaraderie off the pitch and it, it's just, a, it's just a good time. And I think people really enjoy it and I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully I can make it out to all three games myself, but we'll see. <laughs> it's a, it's a long, long day for, for me to do that, but I look forward to, you know, seeing you both out there at the match. I I'm greatly appreciative for both of you guys jumping on, uh, and, and talking about your respective clubs. Um, I know that there's a pride that, that both of you have and, and just what you send out to the community, um, from a rugby perspective. So thank you both for taking time out of your days to come on a, a podcast and, and talk a little bit about rugby in, in Austin, Texas. So Bill Overton with the Austin Huns, Bill Towdy with the Austin Blacks. Gentlemen, thank you so very much for coming on today. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it, Dustin. Once again, I want to thank Bill Towdy with the Austin Blacks, Bill Overton with the Austin Huns. It's actually really fun to sit down and chat with two guys who have been around rugby in Austin since the 70s. Um, you know, it's it speaks a lot to the quality of play that we have here in Texas. It speaks a lot of the quality and the growth of the game that we have here in Austin. And looking forward to what the next generation holds for us. Both clubs have an exciting youth program, which is wonderful to see. We look forward to seeing how they progress. And again, it's it's an exciting weekend of rugby. First kickoff is at 12:30. That's a Division Three match, followed by D2, and then of course the big one, D1. All matches are going to be really tightly contested. I feel. I think the the Huns D3 team has shown a lot of progress in the past couple of weeks. The D2 team for sure has shown. And, and we can see it in D1, one and two, as we talked about one, uh, one and three in D2 and one and two in D3. So lots of exciting things with the Huns. We're really looking forward to a big day out at Nixon Lane this Saturday. Get out there, have some fun. If you can't make it to all matches, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Just go out and enjoy some rugby. It's time now to cover the Austin Gilgronies. And man, what a what an exciting week. It's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of, yeah, it, sometimes it's tough, right? You know, we come off of a, a big match and a tie against Utah where we saw a lot of progress. 
We look forward to going into the match against DC where, you know, I guess fortunately for us, uh, Tendai Matarira was not playing. So, you know, looks to be solid performance for us from the scrum time. Unfortunately, uh, we're still plagued by the issues that we continue to see of not playing the full 80 minutes of rugby, right? And so when we look at that and say that first half was terrible, I mean, we're playing 60 minutes of solid rugby in the second half, but the first <laughs> 20 minutes or so <laughs> kind of joked around and kind of played like shit. Um, and, and it's nothing to say against the guys, like they just have to come out for the full 80 minutes, right? We are giving up so many first half points. We're giving up so much in the first half, like we're not even ready to play. Uh, and I think that's something that the team's got to work on this week, especially going into the match against Houston. Um, we saw it happen last week, Houston against uh, New York. And, you know, they came back in the second half just as we did. So I see a lot of similarities between Houston and ourselves. So let's talk real quickly about the old glory match. Uh, final score is 28-19. Again, I think we we gave up 20 points in the first half. It was, <laughs> it was a little bit rough. I think when you look at, you know, our penalty count was down exponentially. We went from almost 20 penalties, 21 penalties the week before against Utah to eight penalties. This is the first time that we have really tightened that up. And I thought that was that was wonderful. It's something that we've definitely needed. It's something that's caused us and cost, excuse me, cost us quite a few early round matches. And that's a great thing. However, it's the defense. It's the problem that we continue to have of just not wrapping up. We only really had an 88% tackle made percentage. Uh, Granted, you know, DC had 86, but still got to start getting up in the 90s. That's something for us that we really, really need. Um, Our quick ball is terrible and that's you can't put the defense on the back foot if your quick ball percentage is about 53 percent and dc was at 70 Uh, yeah 70 percent is a great quick quick ball rate for them 53 for us Uh, again that is just slow play and you're you're going to give the defense time to set up and you're going to give the defense the ability to organize and when defense organized you're not going to be able to break the gain line so our gain line over percentage of that that match against dc was 50 or excuse me 45 percent and you know we lost 36 percent of the gain line and that is just compare that to dc so dc had a 65 percent gain line over percentage as well as only a 16 percent loss the comparisons are drastic you know they're getting over the gain line 20 percent more than we are and again, putting us on the back foot, which is what happened in the first half. Now, second half, we turned it around. We were a little bit better. So that's also good to hear. I think some of the positives that I can take out of the, the DC match, um, our scrum play was much better. Our lineouts were exponentially better. Uh, <laughs> it, it was night and day from the week before. Big breaks from Dominic Aquina. And, you know, I think Lino Sanitoga also had a couple tackle breaks although you didn't see it on the video to start off with because the stream was late, there was there were two runs that he had right at the beginning that we almost scored within the first three minutes of the match. And that's super exciting for us. Other big highlights also include, I mean, Frank Halai had 15 ball carries for almost 150 meters. And that is, uh, that, that's a big, it's a big positive for us because it's one of those players that we, we definitely need 
you know, someone like Frank to start making those line breaks. Um, yeah, he had two of them. Dom had two of them. And, you know, also I, I think when we get the ball out to, to Roderick and unfortunately Corey actually didn't touch the ball that often. We're not really getting it out to our, to our 11, to our 14s and Roderick and, and Corey Jones. I mean, both of them only had four carries. Uh, I think, you know, Roderick had, had the tackle breaks, which was really great for him. And he's, he's definitely getting up there um, and getting involved in the action. He had just a massive hit. He actually had two, two big hits, which was good for Roderick and, you know, just kind of foreshadow. We're going to talk a little bit about that because Roderick's going to be our guest here on the podcast coming up here in just a minute. But I think it's really important to, to show that we're, we're getting the ball out to our, to our outside center, out to Frank, you know, Gabe's, you know, only had six ball carries for 22 meters, but Frank, again, once we get it out to him, uh, a lot of action takes place, but getting it out even further is, is another problem for us. You know, if we can't get it all the way out to our wings and really spread the defense out, then it allows the, the opposition to be a little bit more compact and allows them to really tighten up their defense because we're not spreading the field out as wide as possible. I think overall the game was a disappointment. It was great crowd down in San Antonio. Awesome to see, you know, that support south of south of Austin, if you will. Um, you know, I'd say probably about 500 people were out there for sure that I could see uh, for the press box, but it was a, a little disappointing. Um, the first half, again, like I said, killed us. And I think that that it, it puts us in the wrong mindset. And I think it's something that, w- that we definitely need to work on. That's something that, that the team really needs to look at and say, how do we start the game off and go 100% from the very beginning? Because we're always playing on the back foot. Every single one of our games, we have had to come from behind and come you know, 20 points, 15 points, whatever you want to call it, depending on which match you're looking at for that season. We're always coming from behind in the second half. But if we can string together a good first half, then for us, that is that's what's going to take us to the next level and to take us to that first win that we so desperately want and need. Looking ahead to to Houston again, this is uh, it's always a strong battle. Uh, it's always you know <laughs> it's the battle of Texas. It's for the Texas Cup. Uh, I saw a preview of the Texas Cup or I saw images of the Texas Cup. It's beautiful. Um, the Cuisine Solutions Cup, which we played for last week against DC, uh, was nice. It was okay, but this one is. Fancy, that's for sure. Um, Houston comes into this match at one win, three losses, and five points. And of course, we are zero wins, one draw, and three losses for three points. So again, bottom of the bottom of the West right now. But we can make changes. We can change up how things have happened so far in the season and use this match as a launching pad for a great rest of the season. Looking at Houston and Austin, uh, just kind of a, some stats to to lead up into the game. Houston really likes to take good possession of the of of the ball. They roughly have about forty, excuse me, fifty six percent possession to our forty nine. They they almost have our attacking minutes by seven whole minutes, six whole minutes, um, and, and don't do a lot of defending. They they spend the they spend most of the time with ball in hand, which is good for them. Um, and hopefully that we can really push ourselves to 
turn that around so that we have ball in hand more often than they do because we have spent you know 40 minutes you know half the game for the most time on on defense rather than attacking which means we're not going to score as much when you look at overall attacking rank within the league we are 12th in defense um we've given up 17 tries to houston's 10 and we are 10th and 11th in overall attack ranking Houston has only scored nine tries. They score about once every 35, 36 minutes. We scored 10 tries, but I think the big thing for them, obviously, is, is Sam Windsor's kicking ability. And we all know this from last year's matches where really Sam beat us with his boot both times. And that was the only, the only downfall of our season you know, last year against Houston is that Sam Windsor and his magical foot <laughs> kicked... I think six penalty goals against us in the opening game last year. One area where I think that we can really step up and definitely have the advantage over Houston is going to be our scrub. Houston has a tendency not to complete their own scrub, which is really good. They're only about a 63% completion rate to Austin 74. So that's a big area to watch out for, for us. Obviously for Houston, they've got a huge advantage in their lineouts. Our lineouts really all season have not been great. We only have about a 66% completion rate um, and Houston's got an 88%. That's something that is, is always going to be tough. Obviously last week against old glory, we were much, much better as we said earlier. And Tion did a great job getting the ball in. Obviously we scored, scored a try off of that. We had a lot of great rolling balls straight off the back of our lineups, but it's something that we need to continue to work on on a regular basis. You know, earlier we talked about the speed of our rucks, and I think the speed of our rucks is in, ex- incredibly important. Again, getting quick ball out, having the inability to put the opponents on the back foot is is going to be key for us, and it, it's tough. You know, right now we've got to make sure that when we get in the scrum, we're getting the ball out as fast as possible, getting it down the line, and getting it into our wingers' hands to spread the defense out, as we just said. So as we wrap up here talking about the team getting ready for next week. I think obviously with all the news that came out yesterday, it is incredibly exciting to hear all the positivity that's come out from the team. There have been three new signings with the team or three visas that finally cleared and instantly they're, they're going into the lineup for this week, two of them in the starting role. So two changes to the starting roles, which we'll go over here in a minute and one will be coming off the bench, but they're, it's it's not like they're, you know, small signings. They, these are big signings. So first signing, obviously, American fly half, Will McGee. Will comes over from London Scottish. Really exciting to, to see Will playing in Austin. He's going to be starting on the bench for us, which is, you know, talking about somebody coming off the bench and, you know, U.S. fly half, you know, ready to come on and play. It's good because obviously Zinni was was injured last week as reports came out. He'll be out for about two or three weeks. And, you know, Zinni did well at fly half. Not a natural fly half, but has done well for us in the interim. We finally had Kurt Morath, who is a Tongan international fly half, played in the World Cup. Actually, all three of these guys played in the World Cup this year, so that's something to be said. Kurt comes in. He actually steps into that starting role from Zinni at 10 and uh, taking over captaincy this week, which is very interesting to see. And obviously it speaks a lot to his experience and his ability to command a field. It's not his first go around in MLR. He actually played with Utah in season one, but 
he's a seasoned veteran. And that's something that we've definitely needed on the team. We have Jamie McIntosh, who's come in, who's a veteran. We have Frank Halai. And of course, now you have Will McGee and Kurt Morath at fly half. It's amazing having two international fly halves on our team right now, you know, to back one another up and to lead the team and give that experience that a lot of the young guys need. We talked about it on the podcast, you know, beginning of the season with Zinni and Chris Shade saying, hey, we can't wait for these guys to come in to help us out. And then the third person, obviously, we have Pele Cowley, who is a Samoan international scrum half, uh, which will be good to, to really help out with, with our scrum half situation. You know, I know we have Marcelo who, who started every game for us and played every single minute for us this year. Um, and it's good to see him, you know, he, he needs a break. You can't, <laughs> you can't play all the games in a row every single minute without getting a little bit of a break. So quick rundown of the lineups for us this week. Jamie McIntosh will start at loose head. Tion Erasmus starts at hooker. Tight head will be Mason Peterson. Potuleavasa again at four. You've got the big man. Michele Naramayatonga. He'll be at five. Dominic Aquina at six. Mo Abdominin at seven. Lino Sanitonga at eight. Getting his first MLR start. And really excited to see how he plays. That's uh, Simone International Pele Cali. He's the new si- one of the new signings. Another new signing that we just said, Kurt Morath, experienced veteran at 10 and will captain the squad. Roderick Waters at 11. Real great to talk to Roderick here in a little bit. It'll be exciting to talk to him about this match. Number 12, Gabe Farley will, again, line up at Inside Center. Gabe's had an outstanding couple weeks at Inside Center. He's really stepped up. His tackle completion rate is next to perfect. Frank Halai at 13. Again, we talked about Frank. We know what he can do. Corey Jones at 14. And again, in the back, we've got Rodrigo Silva. On the bench, the big man, Brendan Rams. You've got Juan Echeverria, who will come in at the tight head position. Lerome Wright. Lerome White is our loose head substitution. Luca Tani, second rower. He's actually had some good two games. He doesn't, doesn't get on for much, but when he does get on, he, he's a big force to be reckoned with. I like seeing Luca come on and, and get a little more time. Stuart Morris at 20. Marcelo Torrealba, again, coming off the bench this week. Well needed break for him, which will be good. Also good for him to you know, get, some, get some time to learn with, with Pele and have competition for that nine position. We just talked about him. Will McGee making his MLR debut with Austin this week. What a threat to have come off the bench for the Gilgronies. And of course, wrapping everything off, we have Sione Fangawea. Sione, I, I think, has the opportunity. He's going to be ready to get on the field. Uh, didn't get to play last week or the week before, but I think he's ready to, to get on there and, and make an immediate impact. And that's the, uh, that's the lineup for this week. It's pretty exciting. Uh, the team is looking... Again, as we start getting everybody in, start getting everybody signed and all the visa issues taken care of a little bit sooner this year than last year, that's for sure. The other team is starting to fill out the way that it should be. So I think we may have one or two more. I know they talked about having Dan Falefa um, join the team, but I haven't seen what's happened with him. So maybe his visa issues are still still having uh, some problems getting through. And then reports out of Australia a couple couple days ago or that last week, I believe, were Macklin Jones, who super rugby player, would be joining Austin. So I'd assume that these issues are also being held up for for Macklin too. He's in back row forward, so that that would be interesting to see if if he gets in in the next couple of weeks. 
So there we go. Lots of excitement for the Gilgronies this week. Hoping to pull off that win against the Houston Sabercats. The game is at 7 o'clock at Aviva Stadium over in Houston. There will be a watch party, but we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But first, I hope you enjoy this interview with Roderick Waters. Well, it's another week and it's time for another interview with one of our very own Austin Gilgronies. And of course, what better way to get ready for a, a game against Houston Sabercats than to have one of Houston's finest come and join us on the podcast. So this week we got Roderick Waters on. Roderick, how's it going, man? Good, good. Nice to be here. Getting excited for this week, and we'll we'll, we'll touch base about what, why it's so important to you. But excited for the week coming up. Very excited. Big, big game this week. Yeah, and so for those who kind of don't know who you are and why we're talking about Houston and everything like that, if you wouldn't mind just kind of letting the listeners know, you know, hey, who's Roderick Waters? You know, who, who are you? Tell us about yourself. What sign are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm Roderick Waters. Um, I'm from Houston originally. Um, and for rugby, I, I was in Houston last year. Um, I was with the Sabercats, uh, played my D1 ball with the West Houston Lions Club. Um, didn't get a lot of opportunity out there, but, it you know, it was still nice being out there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. With, uh, I was down in Houston. So this week I get to play against Houston. Uh, gonna be crazy man yeah. I can't wait. You, you were saying just a few minutes ago you a lot of a lot of family that's a, a little excited a lot of family uh i don't think that covers it i have <laughs> gonna buy gonna, i'm gonna fill the stands up with family um literally all my family's down there um my mom my pops and i just can't wait my, my nieces nephews everybody yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be down cheering. It's gonna be <laughs> That's good. That's it'd be kind of a home away from home for for Austin in this capacity. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so tell us about you know your rugby career, how you got to where you're at right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, probably growing up in Houston, rugby's not everywhere at this, at least in the U.S. Of so rugby's yeah. not everywhere. What did you start off playing with when you were you know were you a football player in high school and kind of transitioned to rugby? How did you get involved? Yeah, definitely. And, um, in high school, uh, so my, my family's a football wrestling family. I got brothers and sisters that's college wrestling. My sister's uh, college wrestling. My little brother's all in college about to play, uh, playing football. I mean, um, so I've been playing football my whole life, really. Um, I went to college at um, in Western State in Colorado, and um, basically I was finishing up my football career, and um, I had a little bit I had a little bit more school left to go. And um, like I said, I was, literally I was just walking one day and seeing these guys playing for spring fest. And I was like, man, what is this weird ball they're <laughs> playing with? Why don't they have pads on? Blah, blah, blah. I've seen something like this before. And I just went over there and asked, hey, can I play? Like, I had nothing else to do. I literally was sick. I had no more football. I was like, what can I do? And I started playing rugby. For yeah, and so how many years ago was that now? Uh, I want to say about four years ago now. Four, four and a half, five so, years. So ago. in four years, you've gone from not knowing about rugby at all to starting Major League Rugby in Austin, Texas, uh, you know, in 20, 2020. Yeah, um, I literally, um, I played one year, one full season with the Western boys, and um, it was great. And um, just people in my ears, you can go to the next level with this. You can do that. I'm like, huh? You know, and then this MLR League came out. Like, that, that year or the year after, I'm like, wow. They're like, bro, you need to try to do that. Um, so I, I literally was out there with my girlfriend, and uh, we, I was like 
I want to do this. Like, I'm going to try it. You know, I'm going to try. I'm going to reach. I reached. I reached out to everybody. I, you know, it's very hard to find emails. I reached out to everyone. Instagram. I can show you my. <laughs> I'm like, how can I just get in front of these people? And the first people I got in touch with was uh, Houston. Uh, Grant Cole actually first, and then. Was that, was that, yeah. That's pretty awesome, considering that you're from yeah. Houston. You, a, a team starts in Houston in, in season one, and yeah. you know, then you say, "Okay, we're gonna." So, did you go to the like? Did they have a combine or something that that you went to, or did you just kind of walk uh, on and say, "Hey, I can play the sport," and go from there? Yeah, like I said, I sent my film to everybody. Um, uh, we did go to the combine. I went to one their second year combine, and um, I did pretty good in that. And um. Yeah, from there, that was it. They, they they brought me on. Took a minute for me to get the little uh, contract and all, but I ended up getting that. And just, you know, I've been in practice squad the whole year with them with that. Um, played my D1 with West Houston. It was just great. It was fun. And, um, yeah. yeah. And I think that's something a lot of people don't realize. You know, in Austin, you've got the Huns and the Blacks, and you have players that actually come and played. You actually, I think, played with the Blacks, um, you know, yeah. a couple yeah, games of the Blacks in the preseason. And so that kind of got people going but in in houston it's west houston is is kind of like the feeder team to them or the practice slash training squad for the saber cats right now exactly yeah the west houston lions are you know supposed to be yeah yeah kind of kind of so they're yeah. they're affiliated yeah. they they help every, yeah. every now. looks looks good yeah looks good. yeah yeah but and then i think that's kind of important for the growth of the rugby community as well so oh, especially yeah. in houston again and austin important for that because it's only you know of course, it is three hours or three and a half hours away, so it's not exactly right. close. We talk about it right. on the podcast before, like the distance in Texas. People just don't realize how far things really are. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. That's that's how it is. Like, I could be, like I said, it's been a year since I've seen my mom, my dad, my nieces, nephews. Um, a couple months since I've seen my son, my daughter. And, um, you know, the distance is Texas is, is big. <laughs> you know, I'm playing professional rugby. I have a lot of obligations, so it's really hard to just, Get up and leave three hours. No, not not at all. So yeah. So you know, you know, you started playing rugby four years ago. Position you are, you are a winger. You are so. Was that kind of, I guess, an easy easy move for you? What position did you play in in football? Running back. And no, no, not at all. I have no running experience. <laughs> Didn't like running playing. at all. <laughs> I, I, that, no, I, I, this is the thing. I loved running. You can, my coach, I just literally, he called me out the day and like, hey, you forgot about me. I was like, no. And I was laughing. We were laughing. I was like, coach, you know, uh, I finally get to play running back because uh, I played defense. I played defense, outside linebacker, safety. And um, it was just, it was fun. I've always been a running back at heart. And I've, Finally, people will see me for my speed and my running, which is very crazy. So, yeah, so I play defense in football, but now I get to play my heart. I get to run the ball. See, and, and that's that right there is one of the key things to get more college and professional athletes or potentially professional athletes out of football and into rugby. It's, hey, man, you can carry the ball even if you play defense. You, you a yeah. 260 pound yeah. offensive lineman or defensive lineman? Yeah. How about we put a ball in your hand? <laughs> hey, oh my gosh! I, that's every defensive player's dream. I, I, to I, touch I, the ball. Like, <laughs> to touch the ball. We just want an interception, a fumble recovery. That's the that's the most exciting thing. We like to hit, yeah. yeah but when you get the ball, <laughs> yeah, we we can talk about hits in a minute here. As we're just kind of going over some of Roderick's stats before we started with uh, some dominant tackles in the season. 
Um, but, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the season. You know, started off the season against, you know, what I would consider probably, you know, the team to beat in the East against Toronto. They were a tough team at home, terrible weather conditions in Austin. Um, you know, a little bit of a rough game. Came back against New York. Again, had a, had a rough first half, strong second half. Felt kind of the same way against Utah. It seems to be kind of a going trend. You know, as far as the, the team itself, how do you kind of get past the mindset of, you know, playing that full 80 minutes? You know, it seems as though, Austin, we've been very susceptible to that first half. You know, let's you know, coming from behind, playing 18, 20 points down into the second half where you play some pretty fantastic rugby. It's just, it's just little things, I think. You know, like, obviously, we, we look, we probably, like, look a little tired, like, a little slow. Um, I think my biggest thing is we think, um, sometimes I used to think people are, like, a lay down for us because we're, like, a, you know, the low, the bottom bottom of the bottom teams. And, you know, I think we just had to get that, get that out of our head. Like, people don't want to lose to us because who, whoever's going to get that first loss is, it's going to look pretty bad on them as well. So people are going to play a little harder on us, and we got to remember that. And, you know, we don't – I guess we, like, realize that second half, like, oh, they did come to play. They're not going to just lay down yeah. for us. So our biggest thing is just we got to come with that energy, like, ASAP, as soon as we touch the field, man. And I think I think this week, man, I think that's – I think we found it. You know, I think we're tired of wait, waiting until the second half, like, just waiting, period, like, we come with that energy. We we come with second half. I think it's could be very dangerous. Yeah. If we can well, it looks like in in my mind, and I guess others who watch it, and probably you guys as well. I feel as there there's a continuity that's a little bit more. You're more linked up in the second half than you have been in the first half. A lot of the first half seems a little bit sloppy play, not getting ball out quick enough to you know wingers like yourself and Corey who who can kind of make a little breakaways. It's it's not quite. It just seems as though you're you're waiting to hit that extra button, you know, hit hit the turbo button a little bit in the first half, but it but as soon as you come out of the gate, you know, that next forty seems as though that's that's what's going on. You actually are making those 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 key key passes, key moves, you know, key hits in, in some cases. You know, that's for me. That's what we see on the inside. Do you guys see that happening in in real time? Can you feel it on the field when you're you know, making those those plays in the second half or, you know, as opposed to the first half where maybe you do feel a little bit sluggish. Yeah, well, for me personally, like you said, yeah, when you feel it, you feel it. Like a second half, like when we, when we start turning up and start doing our thing, I don't even feel, I really don't feel anything. I don't feel tired. I just want to go. Like I, I got my energy. It's just like, it's crazy. I, I just want to jump and scream <laughs> to the crowd. Like it's, it's it's crazy, but when you when you're down or when you're not doing a good play, like you feel yeah. everything plus the mental part too. I think I think it really just brings you down. So you just you kind of shut down, and we just we we need that time to regroup. But we just we need to regroup a little faster. As an as a professional athlete, do you feel as though the game? You know, I know you're pretty new to the game, so we talk about the game slowing down with some people. Have yeah. you started to get to the point where you feel as though sometimes the game does slow down to you, and you can? You can still you can see the plays happening in front of you at a little bit slower pace, like you would have in football. I would assume you know years playing football. Has it happened that for that that kind of uh, vision in rugby yet, or are you still kind of feeling as though as you're learning, it's it's not quite the level as it was for football? Yeah, it's 
So I, I, it's a couple, you know, as I'm playing more, like I said, this is my first professional rugby. Like I, I didn't play in Houston like that, but I practiced, but you need game experience. So the more experience, like this will be my fourth game playing now. Um, yeah, I start to see the pitches, like like Drew always tells me, our coach Dan Andrew. Um, just start to see the pitches, and then it starts to slow down for me. Like you said, the hit I had, a couple hits, I, I I just see it. Like it's it's really slow. Like the next thing I I know, I'm like right in front of the guy hitting, and it's like, like how did that happen? Because I really was like, oh yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Talking to myself, it is crazy. So yeah, like seeing those pitches, you know, I start to see those things like that. The more experience. Yeah, absolutely. For those that are listening and want to go back and watch that, that is uh, the hit that Roderick had on um, our, one of our former players. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we won't we won't call out Doug Frazier. I mean, sorry, Doug. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was you know it was the second half, and it was part of it was a key moment in the game because not only did you have a dominant tackle and really was dominant tackle, but you know they, we got a penalty for us um, because he did hold on to the ball after that hit, and so. You, you were jumping up and down. You were getting the crowd, every crowd pumped. Yeah, you, you and yeah. <laughs> I think you and Ramsey at the same time were, uh, were both oh, yeah. kind of uh, getting pretty excited. Do you feel as though, you know, sometimes we talk about kind of big playmakers and we talk about big, big key moments. Do you feel as though that you want to constantly be like that big playmaker and, you know, that a, a cut inside and a breakaway? Like you've got, you're kind of tied with a lead with broken tackles and, and you know, I think up there in offloads as well. Do you feel as though you want to take on that mantle of being kind of that breakaway, you know, high impact player that makes the big hit and, and takes off? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would love that. I love that. That's just that's always been my type of play. You know, I I like to make the big hits, the biggest runs. Like I go in the games, just I literally dream the night before of how can I run, tackle, what I'm gonna do, and you know, when you see it the next day happen in real time, it's it's pretty crazy. Like. <laughs> So, you know, like, I would love to be that guy, you know, making those big plays like that. Pretty fun. It's it's pretty fun. And I like, for me, um, you know, rugby, a lot of people, you know, how I, like you said, I was jumping up and down, getting the crowd. A lot of people don't do that in rugby. You know, it's just a real serious um, uh, gentleman's sport. (laughs) So, but I just like to bring that energy. Sometimes you need it, like. When I made that hit, I saw the crowd. I looked, I literally was looking at the crowd and I saw everybody on their feet. Like, I just knew, yeah. you know, that was it. We, we, can, yeah. we can win this. And, and it was. I think you, it was a big moment for, for the team because I mean, we were still only down, I want to say we were still only down like four or five points at, yeah, 1923 at that particular time. So it was, you know, we were coming down to two or three minutes left in, three minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. It could have been the momentum swing. Unfortunately, it wasn't. <laughs> and, and we talk about that. You know, I mean, without kind of giving things away, what's been, what, what's the current mentality in, in the locker room, you know, on the training pitch with you guys? Uh, a lot of, lot of people you know, have come in, people still coming in, still making impacts. Um, I'm sure there are still things that can and cannot be said out in the public space, uh, right, right, <laughs> which, right. which we always wait and kind of love those visa issues and stuff. But, yeah, exactly, um, you know, what's exactly. kind of the, the current state of, of the mentality for the guys going into this week against Houston? Um, obviously, it's a Texas rivalry. Yeah, it's big. Austin versus Houston has always been big. Last year, we lost to them by one point, I think two, uh, two or three points on the other time. So it's always a close battle. It's always kind of a mean battle so because it's you know that interstate rivalry um yeah. how you guys thinking feeling in in the locker room right now 
Oh, I mean, we, we're feeling good. We just, like I said, we're still searching for that first win. Um, we're just trying to clean up on, like, the little things because we know that's the only thing that's stopping us. Um, you can look at the score against Houston versus D.C. and just – and we, I think we, we put up more points than Houston or something like that, or at, at the same, and then – we just we just know that it's coming. Um, everybody in the locker room, man, we're still positive, like smiling. You know, like you, a lot of people wouldn't like to see that, or people like get serious. Like we're serious. Like we just that brotherhood we have. You know, it, we just know it's coming. Like it, it's just it feels good to still be there because we know what we can do if if we just go. Like like you said, the first half we just got to come with. It. So everybody's been positive, man. Everybody's. And looking good, I, like you said, the impact players coming in. I love that. Um, uh, Jamie, Jamie's there now. Frank, those guys came in. Just some real leaders, man. Like, there's coaches on the yeah. field. It's crazy. So just having the coaches and having those guys on the field is really, is really. It's almost crazy. like you knew what my next question was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, let's let, let kind of real quickly talk about that. Obviously, you know, you have Frank Kali, who New Zealand All Black cap. Jamie McIntosh, New Zealand All Black cap. You've got great leadership now on the field. And not to say that there wasn't already players who have been around, right. but, you know, have you noticed a change? You know, we'll, we'll talk about the back line, and I'm sure there's, you know, Jamie still has influence overall. With, with Frank coming on and, and joining the team, have you seen kind of a change both in, in the practice and the mindset? Um, you know, there's a key moment, actually, I think right after your hit, where you see Frank kind of run up and tell everybody to calm down for a minute. Right, and and that's that's really it's really interesting to see because you have somebody with that experience. What's it been like to kind of learn from him in just a short, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks that he's really been yeah. here on the, on the pitch? Yeah, because I, I know Frank was originally coming in for wing or that's his position. So, you know, he knows a lot about the spot. I, uh, I take I soak it all in from him every like every chance I get like. After practice, uh, he's talking to me, asking me, uh, "What do I want to work on or something?" And, you know, at first it was really intimidating. I'm like, "Man, I don't, I don't want to show him. I'm <laughs> I gotta, you know." But, but the guy is great, man. He's, he's, he's just a, a great guy. He's gonna anything you need. He, he works with you. He gives you great advice. Keeps it positive on the field. Like you said, he tell everybody to calm down and let this get it, get it right. And, um, not saying we were missing that. It's just having somebody with that experience. You just really like, oh yeah, let's. let's <laughs> he, he might know what he's talking yeah, about. So. Exactly. So, and then I guess how does it, you know, kind of thinking about it, you know, knowing that he is a winger. <laughs> he, yeah. has, he, he, has, yeah. he does play eleven most of the time, yeah. but you know, playing in the centers now. What's what's it like saying, oh man, if, if there's another center that comes in, now now I got to fight for my spot against Frank. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. It's always a mindset there. You um, like I said, all I can do is just keep working, keep making plays, and hopefully, uh, Frank doesn't want to come <laughs> in. He wants to stay there and feed me the ball instead because he's doing doing pretty good at inside. I mean, outside yeah, he's not he's so not too bad. I, I, I think he'll do all right. <laughs> he, he scored both games he played, so you can go hey, ahead. Listen, and stay he, there, he wouldn't have scored if there wasn't a good pass by Penny. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, I can't say anything about his. You know, the first touch he ever had in MLR, he broke away for. 55 meters and trucked some yes. guys. <laughs> I, but that's the, uh, that's, yeah. that's what you get sometimes. And that's, and it's exactly. not to say, you know, listen, it, it's a team sport. You talk about, you know, football being a team sport as well. I think more so, and you played, I played, you know, football is for a while as well. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's definitely more of a team sport in rugby. I think football is like, you can have, cause you can have a breakaway player, 
you know, in, in football, <laughs> like a running back or quarterback that dominates. But in rugby, you got to have all 15 people who, who are locked in at the same at the same time. Do, yeah. do you feel the same way? Like, you know, if you're experiencing football and. Oh, yeah. Like, just like I'm always talking about that. Like, just say I break a run by myself and I get tackled by myself um, and I'm, and nobody's there for me. You know, um, you just you don't have you have to have somebody there to rock over you if you don't finish. And like that just show you like just little stuff like that, like how much you need your team, you know, how much your team has to have your back. And, and, it, and it's crazy. Like um, football. Yeah, you, somebody can block for you, all that stuff. But as soon as you catch the ball, you you pretty much on your own, you know. You don't need nobody to come ruck over you or stuff like that. So, you know, just little stuff like that. It's just it's such a team sport. Man. Cool. It's great. Well, you know, we, we don't want to keep you too much longer on here. Uh, we, d- we did this last week you know, with, with Skyler. We've done it in the past with all of our new players coming on. Um, right. Of course, last season, everybody was kind of new. So we tried to learn learn about them and, you know, kind of who they are. So I'm going to take about a minute here and ask you just some random questions. Okay. And then and then we'll kind of wrap things up here and, and go from there. So so whenever you're ready, there'll be no uh, no, no buzzer, no explosion. We tried okay. to do that last year. It was terrible. Didn't work out at all. <laughs> uh, we'll take a minute or so and just ask, ask some questions on there. So you ready? Ready. What's the last food that you made for dinner? Oh, man, I made some um, turkey necks. Tur- turkey necks. Turkey necks, rice. Yeah. Turkey okay. Necks. Yeah. It's great. Who's the dirtiest roommate you have? Uh, <laughs> so I, I live with two of the uh blacks guys uh austin blacks guys um man they're, they're got, those guys do pretty good okay we won't we won't play no, no throwing under the bus i really can't if, who's yeah. your favorite superhero oh um static shock static, static shock. shock nice yeah. man that's classic. so if you could have any superpower yeah. what would it be electricity, electricity. yes <laughs> well, yeah it's, it's weird but yeah um <laughs> what's, crazy, what's your favorite right? movie Oh, um, wow. Oh, I'm crazy. I don't know what Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Oh, Waititi. Yeah. God love it. Yeah. Good, good movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, what's your, what's your binge Netflix right now? What do you, what are you binging on Netflix or what would you binge on Netflix or any other station? Uh, I, I, I answered that question today. Um, I'm, I'm an anime head. A lot of people won't know that. I love nice. anime. I can rewatch Naruto all day um if not i'll just go to youtube youtube and type in some dragon ball z and just watch that okay. all day so, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, who's got the we asked this discussion last week who's got the best hair on the team ah man i, I don't want to say it but i'll I give it to my boy Dom. Dom yeah, everybody says yeah it, it's, it's flowing it's locks of just <laughs> yeah uh, it's, I, I know, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the same one skylar said so i appreciate i, I appreciate oh, that yeah, everybody definitely. Yeah, Dom's got some beautiful hair. There's no. Yeah, he's great. He's who, who wins in a race, you or Dom? Oh man, I love my, I love my boy. I, I I'll get him. It, I think it depends on depends on like how far. But still, I, I you gotta step on him. All right. Yeah, I think I gotta step on him. I say yeah, they're they're pretty 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 fast over there too. That's <laughs> like yeah. watching him run. So well, that's that's yeah. that's good. We'll t- we'll we'll stop there. We won't go any deeper with some of the questions. We had some Ooh. other ones. You know, who's who's the worst dancer on the team? Things like that. So oh, I know. Oh, gotta, oh yeah, I don't. 
who's who's <laughs> like that but <laughs> who's the worst singer on the team <laughs> right <laughs> we're not gonna talk about zinni like that either. yeah zinni yeah exactly. <laughs> well that's good man hey I, I i do appreciate you you joining us on the podcast it's um it's always fun no to problem. just sit down and you know not really take it too seriously about what we're doing just to get to know people because that's what people want to know uh you know who you are and what's going on any last minute, if you want to, you know, give give any shout outs to any family members or anything, we always allow allow that since this will go live around the world to everybody. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I just want to shout out to my son Tyler, my daughter Gia, uh, my beautiful girlfriend uh, Mary Beth. I love you guys. Love my family. Can't wait to see you guys this week. Come to Houston and support us. Love you guys. Peace Big out. game on Saturday night, seven seven o'clock kickoff. Seven o'clock kickoff. Yep. It's going to be at Aviva Stadium in Houston. Make sure if you're over in Houston and you are, if, if you know Roderick anyway, or if you don't know Roderick anyway, come out and support the AGs at Aviva Stadium. Exactly, please. We look forward to having Roderick back on here again sometime in the future. Roderick, good luck to you guys on Saturday, man. All right. Thanks. So great to have Roderick on the podcast. Man, he's fun, fun to talk to. Really exciting to see him head back to Houston. As he was saying, you know, some of his family members have never seen him play a match. So that's pretty exciting. I think it's uh again, I'm like I said right before we started talking to him, really would love to see he and Corey get the ball and get into space. Now Roderick is he he's a beast and he, he may be short, but he's quick on his feet. He makes a pretty fantastic cuts on the field. He's got that quick, the quick feet we were just saying, but really it's his power and his ability to break tackles that I think really show off his abilities. So nice to see him go up against his old squad. To kind of wrap things up here, obviously this weekend is a big weekend of rugby. So let's kick it off on the women's side. The Austin Valkyries will actually have a game on Sunday, March 8th, taking on the Utah Vipers. D2 side for the women has the week off. So that's good for the D2 side for the women. The Valkyries looking to continue their winning form. The Orc, other rugby club, they actually got the weekend off this week. So good for them. So they, they've, they've had a good season so far. We talked to Justin Hill. A couple of weeks ago, we'll, we'll touch base with him here soon. But other uh, rugby club, they're sitting five and five with 27 points in, in the Central Division three. So good for them in a first year club. So a lot of positivity from the Orc. And then, of course, it's the big one. The Huns versus the Blacks. We talked with the Battle of the Bills earlier and obviously, you know, lots of excitement. 12.30 kickoff for D3, 2 o'clock kickoff for D2, and 3.30 kickoff for D1 all out at Nixon Lane. It's going to be a great time. Lots of excitement. And, you know, if you're in the Austin area, go out and watch the match. And if you want more rugby, obviously, there's MLR. Gil Groney's play at 7 o'clock in Houston. I don't know if you can make the match from going to watch the Huns and the Blacks over there. But if you can't, there is going to be a watch party. We've managed to work something out with Greenlight Social. That watch party starts at 5.30. Kickoff is at 7. Hey, there's already a $200 food tab with uh, drink list details and uh, some other exciting things coming out here soon. So we'll make sure we get that out to everybody here on the podcast and the listeners and all the Facebook group. 
an exciting weekend of rugby. It's going to be a beautiful day. The weather's supposed to be perfect for all the matches. So I'm excited to get out there and support rugby in Austin. I hope you guys are too. That's pretty much all that we have time for today. Once again, thanks a lot for joining us. Make sure you like us and follow us on Facebook. We have our Instagram, Austin Rugby Supporters Club that's on there as well. If you're looking for more information on rugby in general, djcoilrugby.com. Always love to see Doug's write-ups and post-match reports. For more podcast listening enjoyment, go listen to the sweet, sultry voice of Aaron Castro, Liam Poach, and Craig Gridelli. And if you're looking for a Major League Rugby app that gives you up-to-date information on all the games that are going around, check out Tribe Sports. That's a pretty exciting one. We were downloaded that one last week and got play-by-play updates of both the Gilgronies match, but also all the matches going on in MLR simultaneously. So if you're looking for something to add to your iPhone or Samsung screen, go ahead and download that app. It's pretty fun. I appreciate you joining us once again for the Austin Rugby Podcast. It's another beautiful week for rugby. Get out there and watch the Huns and Blacks match, the Valkyries if you can, and then cheer on the Gilgronies coming up on Saturday. As always, my name is Dustin. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you on the pitch.